food was kind of my go-to for pretty much everything stress enjoyment uh, you know boredom uh, any number of things that could that where food could be the answer losing weight isn't easy and some days we can feel like we need some extra help Welcome to the Weight Loss Warrior Podcast, the show where we share inspiring real-life success stories from normal, everyday people like you and I. Listen to how each of our guests managed to overcome their personal challenges to lose the weight they wanted as they talk about the secrets to their success and give great advice that you can benefit from. Become part of our tribe and use the Weight Loss Warrior Podcast as your source of motivation and support to help you on your weight loss transformation. And now, your host and friend, Carl Radley. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Weight Loss Warriors. I'm Carl, your host, and today I'm joined by a special guest, Joe. Hi, Joe. Welcome to the show. Hello, Carl. Lovely to speak to you. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. I'm living the dream, Carl. What can I say? Very happy to hear that. And uh, I, I'm very look- much looking forward to hearing your story because you've, you've lost over five stone, isn't that right? Absolutely, yep. Five stone and three and a half pounds, but who's counting? Well, I, I think we all are, no? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joe, thanks again for coming to tell your story today. And as this is now seems to be the, the running theme with the episodes as, as we get into more with the podcast, uh, if you could start by just telling us a little about yourself and then moving on to, to perhaps how life was before you decided to lose that staggering five stone. Yeah, sure. So, um, so where do I start, Carl? Um, so I suppose for, for context, uh, I, I grew up in a, a genetically dissimilar family. So uh, my older brother and I were adopted from different families into uh, the wonderful family that we're in now. Um, so it just so happened that genetically, my mum, dad and my brother were all predisposed to be stick thin. Uh, and my uh, brother and I in particular could eat pretty much uh, exactly the same meals, yet I would be the one that would seem to put on the weight. Um, so I, I think eating for me always as I grew up felt a little bit unfair, um, as if I kind of drew the short straw in some way. Um, so I started dieting, uh, I think, around the age of about 16. And at the time, I sort of tried my earliest uh, experience of uh, the Atkins diet, which I suppose we'd call keto now. Uh, and uh, calorie counting to sort of medium effect. Um, I kind of yo-yoed back and forth, but um, after gaining a lot of weight at uni, uh, I committed again to keto um, and for a solidly for about two and a half years and got ex- extremely trim. Um, then I met my uh, now husband, Gruff, and uh, got comfortable and he started cooking me lots of pasta, which, which didn't, <laughs> didn't help with anything. Uh, so I piled all the weight back on I'd lost and then some. Uh, so I guess flash forward now to, to last year and I'm at um, two of my best mates' uh, weddings and I had to get my suit size altered by, you know, a couple of sizes up and it was already a big size before that. Uh, and I think it really hit home uh, for me that it was uh, time, time to make a change. Um, but I think um, in hindsight, you know, I knew, I knew keto wasn't going to be for me uh, the long-term sustainable option and uh, calorie counting for me personally uh, filled me with quite a lot of anxiety um, a sort of a, a fear of running out uh, a sort of the afternoon approach to each day uh, and then I looked at Weight Watchers but that didn't appeal to me as much as um, Slimming World where I'm now and Slimming World's where you you found your success absolutely okay so you, you've touched on a number of, of topics there that I'd like to go back to if that's okay yeah of course yeah. um so 
you said that you obviously since being 16 and I, I did laugh to myself when you said that because I, I grew up with two stepbrothers and although we have the same mum, we have different dads and they, they seem to take the lean gene and uh, oh yeah, they, they were very active and I, I was the, the chubby older brother who had ginger hair while they were blonde, slim and looked completely <laughs> different. So um, I, I, you know, I had the personality though and the brains, I like to think. So uh, of course, you know, we, of course we, we all had a, our different you know skills and, and traits we play to <laughs> but so with regards to that the, the weight gain that you experienced when you were a teenager yeah was that a was that a difficult time for you did it impact you in other ways because being let's be honest being a TJ, teenager is it's hard enough as it is um yeah. without weighing more than you would like to it is hard i also wonder i think it's my it was my first encounter with I suppose emotional eating and whilst the in the earliest versions of it it was just a direct comparison between my brother and I and what we were eating as I grew up I started to turn to food uh, as a sort of a solace I think I think when you I grew up in Jersey in the Channel Islands which um, I always joke is probably about 10 years behind the behind England in, in sort of their mindsets on things and uh, growing up and realizing that you're uh, gay is, isn't the easiest thing uh, to, to, to handle uh, necessarily. Uh, so I think I used food as a bit of a crutch. Uh, and actually, I think if I'm being completely honest, Carl, food was kind of my go-to for pretty much everything. Stress, enjoyment, uh, you know, boredom, uh, any number of things that could, that where food could be the answer um, was kind of the way it was. And I think I, you know, I was very much one of those um, smuggle some tubes of Pringles into your room and then hide it so that your family don't don't see it kind of guys okay so there's was, there was definitely an emotional attachment there and and you had various triggers when it came to eating and like you said it's not always sadness or, or being down that results in overeating and, and this is something that I think is a bit of a misconception by a lot of people that mm. you know people only overeat when they're feeling down or, or unhappy but like you said just now it's it's something that for all emotions, food can be the the crutch that you turn to, and so I, I guess as well with with dealing with fact with the fact and, and understanding um, in a, in an environment where being gay was probably not as easy to be open as as it would be in uh, a more advanced civilization. I'll say based on your reference of the channel of the Channel Islands, not not anything that I know myself because <laughs> I've never been there. But I I think you know as I said before, being a teenager can be tricky anyway. With added pressures, it becomes you know even more difficult to manage. And and if you have food there as a as your way of of comfort, that can obviously get out of control. And and did you become quite overweight when you were younger? Um, I would say I was chubby to fat, but I would say I mainly became I kind of bordered on being sort of obese around uni when I sort of flew the coop and then was sort of fending for myself and buying all the wrong things to eat and and drinking way too much and enjoying uni to the fullest really so I suppose in that way I don't regret it at all but um I uh, certainly piled a lot, a lot of weight when I was a bit older um and didn't have uh certainly at least for the main meals my mum providing the good cooking that she provided understandable understandable it's a very similar story to myself when i moved away from home and so you you mentioned as well then that the moment where you really had a had a feeling that okay enough's enough and, and that was preparing for a friend's wedding with a suit fitting how old were you then 
I mean, that was li- that was literally last last year. That was kind of the, what what prompted me to then start to go to Slimming World. I joined in October of last year, so this has all happened within a year. Everything that's happened uh, to me um, with Slimming World. Um, but actually, I would say the pivotal moment. So, the, so what what had what spurred me to go through the door and, and visit and visit group for the first time was that whole moment with the with the sizes. But the actual pivotal moment for me was stepping on those communal scales at group for the first time, uh, and that was really the ultimate turning point. So, um, I, I think I kind of guessed loosely what my weight might have been, but I was about a stone and a half heavier um, than I'd even thought I could be as a worst case scenario. So I just felt so out of touch with myself. Um, but at the same time, I was sort of proud of myself because I knew turning up there that day was the start of a change. Um, and yeah, so I, I guess how I felt at that point was that I was armed with hindsight. So um, sort of as I briefly mentioned earlier, 10 years prior, I had lost a considerable amount of weight on keto. Uh, and and had sustained it for a number of years. Um, that kind of all came on again when I met my when I met my fella. But um, I remember at the time back when I was um, trim through keto, I was never happy. I was never aware of just quite how I looked, and I was always so hypercritical and and found every reason to just not be happy. If it wasn't the weight, then it became my face, or it became you know, how I carried myself or just, I was just me terrible to myself, really. So kind of coming in this time, I was like, right, okay, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do this the smartest way possible that, and I'm going to not apply loads of pressure to myself and I'm not going to uh, make this harder than it needs to be. And I'm going to be, make some really smart choices. And I think coming in with that vibe, it just really made me feel at ease. Um, and yeah, so it was really it was that it was that moment uh, on the scales that that changed it all. And I, and I kind of knew as soon as I said it, and I said it to my consultant Lorna. I was like, "This is this is going to be big," I think. And uh, I was happily happy to be right, I suppose, Carl. <laughs> Absolutely, you certainly weren't wrong there. And uh, I think as well. And I, I, I can I ask how old you are? I am thirty-five. I don't know why I had to think of that. Yeah, I'm thirty-five. No, that's all right. I, I wasn't sure if you think about whether or not you wanted that to be announced. Oh, no, no, I don't but, care. Um, <laughs> Okay, so I would say as well then, going back to what you were saying about doing the Atkins diet and the age you probably were then, 24, 25, early 20s, I think it's definitely a time where you can be self-critical because you know, you, I don't think you're at an age yet where you kind of like are settled with yourself, at least in my case. And I know for some of my friends I had a conversation with about this, but it's not really until you enter your 30s where you know, you do settle down a little bit, you've got married, you have a husband now, and, and you feel more at ease with yourself because you've achieved probably a lot more than you had when you were 24, 25, and your expectations change. And, you know, what you expect of yourself and, and what makes you happy, I think, changes over time. And this is something that I found. And so do you think that that attributed to the fact that even though you were doing Atkins diet, you were still not happy. Do you think it was mainly because of the, the environment of your life and the, the period of life you were in rather than it being Atkins specifically? Um, I think I, I think my self being self-critical was nothing to do with Atkins. I think Atkins was the was the vehicle to get there. Um, and I, I certainly think Atkins slash keto is very effective for a proportion of the community. And I think that I, I, I wouldn't be someone that would um sort of besmirch <laughs> that, that way of eating because it does make sense 
I just think for me, it's it's not the long term solution. But um, no, I think it was more yeah age, uh, being coming out in the in you know in London where you know the the pressure to look a certain way is is very rife and then you then also chucking in like a smattering of dysmorphia you know it, it all adds into a sort of a cocktail of not being overly impressed with yourself um and i think that that is part of the reason why i wasn't able to catch the moment and think you're there so stay there and like and realize what and realize how how good an achievement it was to get there and be proud of yourself and i think that's why now i very much champion people celebrating target and celebrating being in the moment because you have to because that's what everyone is striving towards so if you're there you need to try and stay there of course and this was actually a conversation i had recently that i found very interesting that everybody's so focused on on losing weight but then often the shock and the more difficult bit is is what to do once you reach it because all of a sudden your focus has to change you're, you're no longer chasing a loss every single week when you you jump on the scales you're actually looking to maintain and, and that can actually be quite a, a a difficult thing to get your head around because i i think we're either focused on losing weight or gaining weight but but just trying to stay where you are and and then be happy with it on top of that it, it's I, I think when you've spent a lot of time fighting to lose weight it becomes quite tricky, don't? Well, I, I also think that, and this is no this isn't a criticism of Slimming World, but I do think um, groups like that, the momentum is all around the loss, and the, the momentum is around chasing that next that next half stone award, chasing those kind of group level awards, uh, Slimmer of the Week, Slimmer of the Month, that that vibe, and it's it's really exciting. I mean, I won't lie; it's some, sometimes the thing that was motivating me was getting my next shiny, which sounds ridiculous, but it's so true. Uh, and then when you get to target you know for some people it can feel like this anti-climax and that's why i think for me again hindsight is 2020 i kind of saw this coming so for me i was like okay well what can i do to continue to celebrate target in that way and make sure it stays exciting for me so um there are a few strategies to that but one of the things that i do which i seem to only do in isolation i don't think anyone else has picked this up at all but um i keep a target counter so from so from every day that I've been at Target, I count almost like um, days of sobriety. You know, so if you're like at Alcoholics Anonymous, for instance, you would they they always talk proudly about how many days or how many years they've been sober. Well, as far as I'm concerned, people's relationships with food is as not if not more complicated than than relationships can be with alcohol. So why wouldn't we want to celebrate the amount of days? we've been at target and, and and do that so so um on my page um, i often hold up this sort of bespoke certificate that i made and had sort of printed that that i can attach the the amount of days i've been at target at to try and keep me buzzing and, and hot and feel still feel that vibe of holding up uh, something to to champion you know that's fantastic i think that's a really really good idea because as you just said yourself that within Slimming World and Weight Watchers, and, and I believe pretty much any slimming group, the goal is to lose weight and, and you achieve your goal when you reach the weight that you want or you're happy with the, the weight that you are. And so what next? And then like you said, with with any kind of, you're using Alcoholics Anonymous as a as a good uh, measuring stick there. You, you, your day one is how many days since you last had a drink. Mm -hmm. Whereas with Slimming World, your day one is when you start losing weight or you know any slimming group is when you start losing weight but then 
you've taken that one step further, which I think is very clever. And then your day one isn't actually when you started losing weight. Your day one is, is okay, I'm here now. How do I maintain that? And uh, that's a really, really great idea. And, and is it, I, I'm guessing it's working very well for you. I really like it. I mean, it's driving me. The way that it works in Slimming World uh, is that you, within your first year, if you maintain for a year, you become a Diamond member. So I suppose my initial plan was to count the days until I get to that. But, you know, you never know. I might just keep it going. I mean, I'd love to be a future talking about how many months I've been at Target and how many years I've been at Target and just letting that grow. Um, but you know, it's, 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 it's certainly helped me. I think it, it keeps, it keeps me going and it reminds me of the pride that I should feel. There was a few other things as well that, that definitely inspired me to get to target. So, um, a lovely gesture that a very close friend of mine did was they gave me this kind of mystery box about two stone ahead of getting to target. And they were like, you cannot open this until the day you hit target, but when you do, you're going to absolutely love it. And as it turned out, it was this glorious a quite sizable trophy with this golden star in it that had an engraving on the top. I've actually got it on my desk next to me now that says Joe Thompson, Slimming World Target member. And I, I opened it on the day I got to Target and it just made it all feel even more awesome and feel more credible to get there because I didn't want to feel the anticlimax and I never want to feel the anticlimax because um, I, I don't think, I think that'd be such a shame. And I'm so like, laser focused and determined to stay here now that I'm, I'm just going to i absolutely love the idea i'm sitting here smiling at the moment because these these stories you're telling them and the ways you're, you're celebrating the success i think it's something that needs to be talked about more because and, and part of this podcast isn't just about helping people who are obviously trying to lose weight but it's also giving that additional support for people who have lost weight or, or want to stay because one of the things that happens so often is that people yo-yo diet and they'll lose the weight but then for one reason or another they will, will gain weight again and then have to lose it but what you're doing is you're, you're focused on the maintaining that weight that you've lost and I really like that and the, the mystery box is a fantastic idea and um, it, it's actually give me an idea for a couple of things and uh i i really really like the mystery box nice one. i i have a theory of why i think yo-yo dieting happens and why i think that from 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 hindsight from everything from exposure from the wider community from talking to people who inspire me and people who've kind of been falling in and out of target range um i i think i think what happens is and this is this is indicative of the entire dieting and healthy lifestyle industry i think uh, so not just localized to slimming world i think when people start to embark on a journey where they want to change and shed a lot of weight and, and they, they what they try and do is they almost try and become someone else's version of what healthy eating and healthy exercise and he health and well-being is and i think in doing that yes momentum can drive them over the line when they commit to what they're doing but unless both from a food and an exercise perspective these people are doing something that feels true to them and feels like it actually suits their life i don't think that will last long term i don't think you can sustain something where you're kind of copying someone else's idea of what you what you would like to eat so by that, I mean, I mean, if I'm being totally honest, when it comes to food, I'm like a bit of a trash king. So like my diet consists of curries, burgers, chips, pizzas, chicken, you know, Chinese food, crisps, chocolate, everything. And I like eating them because they're tasty and I enjoy them. But if I actually split out and discussed 
any of those foods that I've just mentioned, what I've done is I've found a lower fat or a lower sugar, so therefore a Slimming World friendly version of them. So I'm not trying to completely radically alter my diet. I'm just finding the smart swaps that make my diet more suitable to either losing or, ma or maintaining weight loss. And I think, and I say this because as someone who works as part of his social team at his Slimming World group, sometimes when people talk about not enjoying plan, I'm like, mate, if you don't enjoy it now, how the hell are you going to keep that up when you get to target? Because that's just a whole sea of maintenance. So unless you really love what you eat, you aren't going to stick to it. And I think the first couple of weeks of being on plan for me was about exploring the possibilities. And I also think, Carl, to be honest, doing something like keto beforehand was almost like the perfect boot camp to Slimming World because I came from what I would define as a super restrictive diet to what feels quite liberating. So for me, yeah, I think there is something in that. It's that it's and my advice to anyone who's struggling with plan is mix it up, find a different version of your plan, like find a try and really echo what you actually want to eat. Don't try and just eat kind of quote unquote healthy. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And I'm going to touch on two points um, that, that I was thinking about as you were explaining that. And um, again, I, I'm sitting here smiling this whole this whole interview. Is, I'm really enjoying this because um, the, the first point is that I, just this morning, I, I go to the gym with a very good friend of mine and he's he wants to lose a bit of weight and you know he's had a great summer but he he's in the gym and he wants to lose a bit and uh so we're there and it, he, i said oh what are you gonna what's your, what's your eating looking like for the week is our salad today and the, the way his face dropped when he said it and he looked down i, I could just see the, the misery on his face and i said oh yeah like what, what are you gonna have with it he said uh uh, not sure yet but you know maybe some chicken i said oh what but salad like lettuce and stuff he says yeah but i don't like lettuce and I was, exactly as you've just described I said you're not going to be able to put yourself through that from now and forever until forever if you if you don't enjoy what you're eating 100%. and because a lot of the reason many people are overweight is because they enjoy so much what they're eating to the extent where it gets them in trouble and and, and puts them in a position where they're overweight you, you're not going to be able to remove that enjoyment of food and if you feel like you're punishing yourself by losing weight the other extreme of that is rewarding yourself by overeating. And that's what you have 100%. to get away from. I think if you create those over restrictions, you rebel. And I think people naturally rebel. I think it's almost human instinct to rebel against those very strict um, determinations. And I think, um, yeah, I, I completely, completely agree with you. I echo your sentiment on that one. Absolutely. And then the second thing as well, which I think is, is one of the major benefits of social media is that, you don't have to have a recipe book anymore with maybe 50 recipes and follow that. You can go on Instagram and find the most delicious looking, you know, I've seen people refer to them as fake ways mm. or just very appealing meals that are easy to cook, that people share the recipe to. They even tell you how many calories, if you're calorie counting, the macronutrients. And, and you can literally just scroll through Instagram, find things you like the look of and try them. And you're not being restricted to things that other people are eating or you're not being restricted to what you know you think a diet should look like and it's really for me about rebuilding that that meal plan that you have in the same way as you just said by replacing it with healthier options but still getting the enjoyment from it 
otherwise I just don't think long term you're ever really going to make that. One successful. of the other thing as well, which I'm sure if they haven't already, some of the people that you've spoken to, as I say, at the time of recording, I've heard the three that are released. Um, but uh, I uh, is is this concept of guilt? I think diet culture gives you such a such a strong reaction of guilt when you associate certain fo- foods with being bad for you, so it's guilty and things like that. And I, I think ultimately one of the most liberating things about following a plan like Slimming World or calorie counting or doing something where you feel accountable for what you're doing is you can eat without guilt. And I think that that to me means so much more than, and actually it's funny, as a bit of a sort of an anecdote, uh, I was doing a talk um, following the magazine release. I was doing a talk at a group the other day and I was telling them about the kind of snacks that I like. And one of them is those little Cadbury's Freddo bars. I'm not sure if they've got them in Barcelona, but they're all over here. I, me, me and Fredo, we have a long history. And uh, they said, oh, what, you can stop at one Fredo bar. So I could never do that. And I thought about it and I said, well, yeah, because for me, I come from a prior relationship with food where I wouldn't have been allowed any at all. So it feels liberating for me to be able to eat one a day if I wanted without guilt. That's the key thing, without guilt. And that's that's the main thing for me. It's enjoying treats without guilt rather than feeling disgruntled about not being able to eat a larger quantity of it. I'm just happy I get to eat it and, it's, uh, and, and, and enjoy it. And I can safely say uh, in this last coming up to a year, I don't think I've ever eaten better, I felt more full and just enjoyed it without any guilt for this entire year. And honestly, like it, I feel like I took my diet, I turned it two clicks to the left and suddenly I've lost all this weight, Gen- genuinely. And I think that's because I found this art of smart swapping and and just, just creating the, the, the more sensible and appropriate versions of the foods you already love. Um, because, yeah, I think if your diet is so unrecognizable, you'll resent it and you won't stick to it. And that's why I think people fall out of target. I agree completely with you there, Joe. And how about at home? I mean, you said you blame Gruff, your husband, for for, for getting you into to being no, overweight. No, 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 not at all. In fact, in, in fact actually, uh, Gruff, annoyingly, is another person in my life who seems to be able to eat whatever the heck he wants and not put on a thing of weight. So I think to take the accountability back there, I think what happened is I got comfortable and he is able to eat certain things that my body doesn't necessarily like me to eat. Uh, I think uh, everyone has a different threshold. Everyone metabolizes food in a different way, don't they? So I think uh, my food is just just is particularly well, uh, well oiled, so to speak, when I reduce uh, my sort of grease, oil and sugar intake and some other people can just get away with a lot more. So, I mean, I, I genuinely feel like eating this way now. I feel so much more energetic and in such a good place and just healthier all around. So that started to mean more than me. And even now, like uh, Gruff's still prone to the odd three or four takeaways a week and seems to still get away with it at the tender age of 37. But yeah. And th- this is what I wanted to ask that because another thing that I think people struggle with is the the environment in which they're in and another reason people often resent diets is because they see themselves in this solitary on their own having to eat one thing while the rest of the family eat something completely different which they'd much rather be eating themselves so I wanted to ask if if that's changed at home or if you know you, you feel confident to to make your own food choices or whether Gruff's now adjusted his cooking slightly and you both follow the same plan in terms of cooking and food or or do you separate the way it goes in our house is 
I, do, I will decide what I think I want to eat. And if Gruff wants to get involved in it, I can make him an extra portion for him. But I'm not going to push him into eating something that I'm eating. And similarly, I don't feel obliged to eat anything that he's eating. So sometimes we share a meal. And if we do, it tends to be something that's um, Slimming World friendly. And if we don't share a meal, it's because I still want to do that and he doesn't. So I think... Um, and actually, that, that would have been, a, in all honesty, that would have been a conversation that we'd have had, I think, back in the day. I think there probably was a time where I was potentially blaming him slightly more for um, for kind of getting me into this situation. Um, and I think he was kind of very, very quick to, to sort of remind me that and remind everyone, really, that we all make a choice for ourselves. And he is fortunate enough that he doesn't have to make arguably as restricted a choice as I do. But at the same time... I'm the one um, right now who feels incredible and, you know, he, he'll openly admit when often when he eats a takeaway after he feels like rubbish, even if it hasn't affected his waistline. So like, I think I think that there's a lot more to to our relationships with this food. But I, I think it's so important to take accountability for yourself, uh, regardless of the people in your life and the people around you, because I could say the same thing about, you know, choice, you know, relating to choice power, I suppose I could say the same thing about when you go out and see friends like the other day i actually said this on my page the other day but i uh i was going to a friend's oh, I, was, I was in work and you know what works like you know everyone wants to go and and uh and get something from you know the market and something that's quite high fat or high anything so i just kind of went my own way and got my own lunch and sort of deviated there and then in the evening went to a friend's house and they all wanted dominoes and i was like okay well i'll I'll get partly involved and get a side, but I'm going to bring some some chips to do some air frying because I've got an air fryer and just kind of made it work. So I didn't feel uh, like I was missing out. I felt like I was getting involved, but I was able to do it my way. So I think, yeah, choice power is vital. Of course. And I think for a lot of people, and, and I say this with love, but I think for a lot of people, they're actually looking for that excuse to, to fold and, and to deviate from the plan that they know they have because it's difficult. And it can be very tricky sometimes for, to, to maintain that when you are on a plan. But I did read your post actually about the, the dominoes and the, them going to, is it Smithfield's market? Yeah. I think it was. Um, and so, and, and lots of very tasty choices there to, to eat. So fair play to you for, for managing that. Just before we finish, there's two things I still want to talk about if we can, Joe. You mentioned earlier a magazine. Tell me more about that. Oh, the magazine. Yeah, so um, I uh, was very fortunate enough to be invited to, uh, back in May, actually, to um, to be, to have a photo shoot as one of, as the mail article for uh, an issue of the magazine. And that issues uh, the October issue. I think in Magazine World, they come out a month beforehand. So um, it's out already. Um, but yeah, just the most incredible experience. And uh, one of those absolute, pinch me moments where I got to feel like a feel like a handsome devil for a little while and be dressed in lots of different clothes and it was all on the beach which is very close to very close to home for me in the sense that I kind of grew up on the beach so yeah absolutely loved it and uh, the team were just incredible and um, even though you kind of as part of the process you get sent the you get sent the copy so you can look at it and kind of proof it and then you also get sent the pictures beforehand when you see it in print god it means so much just to see see that you are in in the vault i suppose and you know what there's so many amazing uh swimming world men that have been that have come before me that have inspired me and that i would have seen when i first opened that swimming world that on the first day and saw those success story pages so uh i have i have a secret mission that i would love to get 
love to be one of those uh, success stories on the on the app. I think that'd be such a cool, uh, cool life moment to have had that come full circle. Um, yeah, amazing, amazing stuff. And, and and literally wouldn't have dreamed it in a million years. I mean, I, I had convinced myself that I, I wouldn't have cared if it had taken two years to get to target and it was all, you know, losing half a pound or maintaining and then losing half a pound every week. Like I was so focused. It didn't matter. And I just... One thing that I, I have kept this entire time, uh, and it's from the very first session, uh, Carl, was uh, I've got this hashtag called enjoy the ride. Uh, and that's because uh, when I got into my car after the first way in, there was this club song playing and the lyrics say something like, um, if it's fast or slow, all I really know is I'm going to enjoy the ride. And I kept thinking of that in my head and thinking, I need to make this journey fun. I need to appreciate it the entire time. I need to not get stressed out and I need to relax. And um, I think there are, there's a lot of science behind how if you relax, you know, your body works with you even more as well. So I think that's been a secret weapon of mine too. So you've enjoyed the ride and you're currently enjoying it as well. I'm, I'm very, very happy to hear that. And congratulations for, Thanks, for such an amazing loss. And we, as we close, I, I'd just like to ask if you have any advice for anybody who's listened to this. And I, I mean, I, I think you've brought a lot of energy to this episode and I can tell that you're a very upbeat, optimistic person. And I'm not sure if it's if it's always been that way or if this is a, a result of the, the five stone, three and a half pound weight loss. So do you have any advice for somebody who perhaps is, is lacking that motivational energy or, or even has it, but still hasn't quite reached their goal? Yeah. Um, do I have any advice for, you know, if people have kind of lost their way? I think it's about kind of going back to basics and really remembering your why, the reason why you're doing it. But I also think typically if someone's lost their way, it's because they're not really enjoying what they're eating. And I genuinely think it goes back to really looking at that roster of food, really looking at the options that you have available and almost kind of, working backwards so my main advice would be forget diets forget everything forget calories forget any way any method and me metric that you're using to measure stuff really stop and think about exactly what you would love to eat and then try and find the 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 smartest um smart swap that you can and you'll start to soon feel like you're not even on a diet so that's how that's how I feel. Like other than the fact, you know, you weigh in, I, I never really feel like I'm on a diet and it makes all the difference. And I think it just makes you happy because you don't feel restricted anymore. You feel like you're eating what you want. I really, I really appreciate your input, your your insight and your advice. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Congratulations on everything you've achieved. And it sounds as though that there's no there's no fear of, of it going backwards. Either. Well, do you know what? Do you know what the the other main thing I do? So on 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 my page when I do these videos and I talk about mindset and talk about psychology and talk about where I'm at in the moment, I'm doing it for myself because if in the future I do kind of dislodge and I do kind of disconnect from it all, I want to be able to hear myself and how I was feeling in the moment, so I can return to that headspace as well. I think. It, absolutely spot on in terms of using social media for yourself because everybody always assumes that people have accounts on instagram for, for other people's pleasure but uh steve who appeared in one of the earlier episodes he said he, you know, i think he used the expression selfishly but he he has instagram for himself to give that accountability that he needs and i think that's a, a really good way of doing it however having seen your account how nice the food is that you cook the, the insight that you give. Are you happy for us to share that on the episode today? Yeah, of course, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Excellent, thank you. So your Instagram account, I'm gonna get, make sure I get this right because I know there's two underscores in it. So it's Joey Jojo 
underscore underscore SW. Is that correct? That is correct. It's actually a nod to a Simpsons quote, but I don't. I, I thoroughly regret using that username. But yeah, that's my username. Absolutely. Well, you're stuck with it now. So <laughs> people, if you've listened and enjoyed this episode, go and have a look at Joe's Instagram account. You can see before photos, after photos. You can see his journey, magazine photos that he's recently featured in. And so, Joe, you are now officially a, a weight loss warrior. Welcome to the club. All right. And thank you so much for your time today. <laughs> I'd also like to say a big thank you to you, our listeners. I appreciate you joining us at the Weight Loss Warrior podcast and would love that you become part of our tribe. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast to never miss a new weight loss warrior tell their story. We share brand new episodes every single Monday and Thursday and hope that you join us next time. You can also find us on Instagram where we share great tips and advice on how you can lose weight in a safe and sustainable way. Simply search for Weight Loss Warrior Podcast and follow us today. Remember, be kind to yourself and keep looking forward. You can achieve your goals.